And we're back here, episode five of Hitting the Gap Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Got a lot in store for you today. Jeff, how you doing, man? I'm good. How are you? Can't complain, man. Uh, new setup down here. If any of you saw our video we posted um, earlier this week, we're not on a futon anymore. We're in these nice recliners with actual mic stands that don't fall the back of a futon chair <laughs> during our broadcast. So, uh, yeah, man, you, you enjoying your seat? I am. It is very comfortable. I, I am going to miss though, the fact that, you know, you, you can't play footsies with me anymore. Oh, I can like, still I, do I, it. I, I'm going to miss that. I can, I can reach. But, you know, other than that, yeah, dude, this is, <laughs> this is fantastic. It's, yeah. it's great. Yeah, so like I said, we're, we're slowly coming along with the new setup. You know, eventually, if you watch the video I posted, this isn't just going to be a podcast. We're going to be doing videos. We're going to be doing live streams. So we're going to try to get this space looking nice. And it just—it's nice to actually feel comfortable yeah. while we're recording. Yeah, you know, not two people sitting on a futon together. So that is very true. <laughs> a lot is awkward. <laughs> a lot, a lot to talk about. We're going to get into some COVID talk. You know, you can't talk about sports these days without talking about COVID right now. Uh, we're going to talk about UGA. Jeff's got some thoughts on the quarterback situation there. Yeah, we're going to talk about the rankings. Jeff has some issues with the rankings right now, which I don't disagree. We're going to get into that as well. Uh, and just a lot, a lot of other little things we're talking about. We're talking about the, the Pac-12 and the Big 12, or if you want to call the Big 12 the not so Big 12, because yeah, they are whatever they are, they are trash right now. Yep. So let's get right into the COVID situation. As you're looking around pro sports in general, mm-hmm. especially the NFL, a lot of issues right now. Some games have been postponed. One got moved back to Monday night, which is the Chiefs and the Patriots. Mm-hmm. A lot of issues, a lot of positive testing. A lot of it, I feel like it's coming from staff, not so much players, because players are pretty much in a bubble. Right. So the staff are, are bringing these, this, the positive cases in. But we're not seeing as big of issues on the college level, or at face value we're not. And so my question is, is the NFL handling, I'm sorry, is the NCAA handling the coronavirus stuff better than the NFL, or is it, you know, are we not seeing the positive test because the colleges don't have to report? Well, but you're still saying, you know, schools are still letting you know that, hey, we've had X number of tests. I think the biggest difference, though, and why you saw, now I don't know what the difference is, you postponing like Monday night's game between, or Sunday night's game between the Chiefs and the Pats. Like you move it back 24 hours, like all of a sudden everybody's going to be fine. But I think with college football, though, you have to remember rosters are two and a half times the size as they are in mm-hmm. the NFL. So if seven or eight guys. You know, this last week in Virginia, they had seven guys and a coach that had COVID. You can still fill the team. You know, they have 120. You know, when you include walk-ons, there's 120 guys. So you can miss seven of them and still play a football game. It may not be ideal. You know, you may be missing your, your starting cornerback or your starting linebacker or backup offensive tackle. But you can still play because you've got plenty of guys. Whereas the NFL, you have a, what is it, 58-man roster now. Mm-hmm. But you only have, what, 46 or 47 that are actually active and dressed. So, yeah, if you're missing somebody like a Cam Newton, like, that's a big deal, right? So I don't necessarily know that they're handling it better. Uh, Most schools are still being fairly forthright. Uh, Usually about an hour, hour and a half before kickoff, most schools will now release a thing saying who is and who is not available. Uh, So you can kind of get an idea if somebody was available last week, there was no injury report this week, and all of a sudden they're out (laughs) Saturday. Like, you kind of get an idea. Piece it together. Yeah. Uh, So I don't necessarily know that they're doing it better. I think there's just more. So it's not going to be as impacted as as the NFL would be when when they have a roster, an active roster, that's honestly a third, like, not even have It's a third smaller. Yeah, you know, and and I see those points, but also to go back to your your roster size and just quantity of teams – you know, with the issues going on in the NFL, I would think there would be more issues happening on the college level because you have so many more teams playing. 
so many more players involved, so many more, I don't know, more staff, but there's just there's so many more pieces going into it. And I know he's had issues, and Missouri's had a few cases. I know Virginia Tech had a ton of cases up there. So you're seeing the issues, but you're not seeing it really impact scheduling right now. And I'm curious, is you know, the NFL tends to set the standard. I mean, if you were watching Sunday Night Football last night, you know, Chris Collinsworth and Al Michaels have not worn masks the entire season, but after all these cases happened, they're wearing masks. Sets the standard for different for you know a lot of different things. The NFL tends to do that, and I'm curious now if more cases start happening on the college level, will the NCAA follow suit and will games start getting postponed? See, so this is where you and I are going to disagree, right? So you look at the NFL; they've had two games impacted. You had the Tennessee Steelers game that was completely moved, mm-hmm. and then you had yesterday's game moved 24 hours, right? On the college level, on within the Power Five, you've had 23 Power Five games that have been postponed or canceled altogether after the new scheduling came out. So over the first month of the season, they averaged more than five games a week that have been postponed or or indefinitely or moved. So it, it's absolutely impacted uh, college football. I mean, you know, Virginia Tech, you just mentioned them, their first three games. Uh, Baylor, the same thing. Their first, matter of fact, I think it was Baylor's first four games um, were all either canceled or or postponed. Baylor's not getting those games back. So, like, it's it's absolutely impacted. NC State's had a couple. Um, Notre Dame has had – Notre Dame's game with Wake Forest was was, uh, was postponed or canceled because they had 20 different guys or 20 people involved in the program. So it's absolutely impacted college football. Uh, but because you have, to your point, you have such an abundance of games being played every, every Saturday – it's not making the radar, whereas in the NFL you have 12 games or you have 15 games every week or, you know, whatever whatever that number is. So it's not necessarily impacting because it hasn't – it has a while it's impacted – it's had a big impact. It hasn't shut down like the ACC hasn't said, you know what, we can't play this week or, you know, which would be – I mean, that's 14 teams, right? That would almost be the equivalent of losing – an NFL game at that point when you yeah. look at the, the difference in size as far as the number of teams that are in each one. So uh, it has absolutely had an impact. Uh, I don't know that anybody's handling it any better than the other. Uh, you know, professional guys have an opportunity to put guys in a bubble. College football, you know, if, if you're in class, uh, you, you don't have that bubble, right? I mean, most colleges right now, though, have gone online. So yeah. you're able to you're able to kind of protect the guys better than you would have been. Uh, but I, I think you know, the big thing is is when you look at um, – I think it speaks volumes to the, the level of leadership, right? Like if, if college guys – because, you know, college campuses right now, that's where a lot of the hot spots are. And, and, and I'm not going to get political with this nonsense. Like, But when you look at it, where a lot of the, the big numbers are and – and big within context, by yeah. the way, right? Like when you see a spike, it's happening on college campuses yeah. right now. And the leadership within teams comes out to play in the fact that – you know, if you've been able to elude, you know, your team getting, you know, a massive, in, you know, influx of, of, of positive cases, it means your guys are, are going to practice and going home. They're not going out to the bars. They're not going out to the restaurants. They're not going out to hang out with people outside of football. Like they're literally going from their dorms or their apartments to to practice, to the facilities, and then back home again. And there's some self-accountability there. Yeah. I look at a place like Notre Dame where you've had, you know, two weeks ago they had like 20 dudes out. Okay, you got some problems. Like, you got guys who think they're bigger than the team, and they're out here doing some nonsense. And, and I get it. It's college. You should have a little bit of fun. But not right now. Like, you're in season. Like, this isn't spring. Like, you're in season. Yeah. And, you know, a part of me wants to, to look at this at a different angle, too, because the NFL you were mentioning, you know, it affects the entire league if a team 
comes down with cases like you're seeing right now. Right. Games getting moved, teams getting flip flop bye weeks, all that stuff. Right. Do you think that it's unfair on the college level? You were mentioning Baylor not getting games back. You know, realistically, did Baylor have a chance of making the playoff? No. No. But that's not the point. They're punished now because of that's because they can't play these games. They're never going to make the playoff. Whereas though the NFL, like they're going to try to do everything they can to keep the playing field level for all their teams to give them all the opportunity to make the playoffs. And I, you know, do you feel like that is how to word this? Do you think that is a shot at the NCAA that they're not willing to accommodate different things to let Baylor pick up some games later, you know, on on a bye week or something like that to make up for a game they missed? Because like I said, I mean. Baylor could they could technically win the Big Twelve this year if we're being honest. So, but uh, let's get some clarification when you say fair from the NCAA, because let's remember the NCAA doesn't regulate sports; they regulate academics, right? So the NCAA just steps in and makes sure that 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 athletes are not getting special or preferential treatment because they're athletes, right? So, you know, you have to look then back at the conferences who regulate all of this stuff, who who are the ones that are – so if the Big 12 felt like Baylor was, was their best chance to get into the college football playoff, uh, you can be damn sure that they'll make sure some of these games come back, right? But I can tell you now Houston Baylor's not coming back. No. You know, they're not going to reschedule that game. Um, Baylor uh, Louisiana is not coming back, right? Like they're not going to make sure that game is rescheduled. So – uh, you know, I just think it again. It's a prefer. It's it's a pre- preferred thing from the conferences. You know, if Texas Oklahoma is is and maybe not anymore now that Oklahoma for the first time in twenty two years is is one and two to start the year. But if if Texas Oklahoma was undefeated and got moved back, you can bet your ass that they're going to reschedule that yeah. game, right? Um, I, will they make sure Texas Baylor is, is rescheduled if if that game is called off? I, I'm sure they would because to your point, Baylor right now. Well, Oklahoma Baylor, State and Baylor. Well, Baylor lost in double overtime to West Virginia the other day, okay. so they're yeah. pretty much out of it now, right? So now, yeah, you look at Oklahoma State. They shot up seven or eight spots this week in the AP. They're all of a sudden they're a top ten team. Yeah. You know, Mister Mullet has his team, that's, which <laughs> we'll get into that in a minute. But yeah, like I just don't. I think it's all by by conferences and and where their um, like what their where their ideals lie right now. What's important to them. And I think that's going to be very subjective. Yeah, and it is. And I just, you know, when you look at it overall, the world isn't fair. No, we it's all understand not. that. Yep. But at the same time, you know, when you're when you're playing for championships and you, and you're playing in a season and like like this season where there's so many unknowns and every week you don't know what's going to get thrown at you. Right. Um, for teams that want to have a shot at a championship, you know, BYU for an example, you know, right. BYU's playing some hell of some football right now. Mm-hmm. They will never get a – an eye will not be batted at them as a playoff contender this year because, one, they're playing, you know, low-level opponents because they had to fill games. Sure. So, I mean, it goes back to the fact that it's not fair, but it is what it is sometimes. It, it is. And the only thing you can control in life is your 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 energy, your attitude, and your effort, right? Mm-hmm. And, and everything else is going to fall where it may. And, you know, it's sometimes – Sometimes you get the shit out of the stick, right? <laughs> exactly. And sometimes you don't. And you know, whatever happens, nobody knows what's going to happen this no. year. Like we don't even know if we're going to get to December, you know, championship games. Like we have no idea what's going to happen. Nope. And well, and on that note, let's let's jump into the Big Twelve. We we're just talking about Baylor. We're talking about <laughs> Texas or Oklahoma State, Oklahoma and Texas. This week was another just terrible showing from the Big Twelve. Yep. You know, Oklahoma State. You were, like you're saying, 22 years since they've started the season one and two. They had Oklahoma. not. They, sorry, Oklahoma. They had not lost 
at Iowa State since 1960. Wow. 1960 was the last time they lost at Ohio at Iowa State. So so many I mean a lot of records falling over the weekend. Yep. And a lot of teams falling and you know at this yep. point is the Big 12 out of the conversation. Oh yeah. Uh, there's a, there's absolutely there's zero doubt they're out of the conversation. I just don't see how Oklahoma State's going to run the table uh and do it impressive enough. I just I don't see it uh, you know with Oklahoma, I mean to your point 1960, they had went back and looked. They hadn't lost back to back um one, they haven't lost um, back-to-back games since 1998. They had not lost back-to-back games to unranked opponents since 1996. Mm-hmm. So you're talking, I mean, there's nobody on this Oklahoma team was alive the last time this happened, no. right? Like, hell, and half the coaching staff wasn't alive back in 1960. Uh, their head coach sure as hell wasn't. Nope. <laughs> uh, I mean, he was still on his dad's testicles. Like, he's just, <laughs> it's been a long time, right? Like, there's a lot of things that happened. But, yeah, Texas is absolutely done. Oklahoma is absolutely done. Um, you know, maybe you should have hit the transfer portal for another quarterback because I can tell you now, Spencer Rattler ain't it. No, he, he uh, it. I know he was a Heisman favorite before the season even started, and he has not played. I mean, first game, but I mean, look who they're playing. Right. It was, what was it, like UTEP or Texas Southern or <laughs> Texas State or whatever? Like exactly. Armadillo U, like whatever it was. <laughs> so it's tough. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I think the, I think the Big 12 is done. Oklahoma State is their only chance right now, but if if it come down to, you know, Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, and Florida, you know, Texas or Oklahoma State's not making the cut. I, I, well, I, I, see, I'm not going to go that far. If Oklahoma State runs the table and they're sitting at what is it, ten and 11 and zero, and you know, let's say Florida gets gets hammered by Alabama in the SEC championship game then I, I think you, you would see Oklahoma State jump them and, and fall in. If if Florida, you know, beats Georgia and they get to the SEC t- title game and they lose on a last-second field goal to Alabama, I think you're right. So I, I just think there's a lot, again, like we just said, there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of different things that can happen between now and then. So I'm not going to say Oklahoma State's out of it, but I will tell you that Oklahoma is out of it, Texas is out of it. Like, in order for those two teams to come back in, everybody else in the country has to lose two games. Yeah, and, you know, piggybacking on who who's going to be in and out, the Pac-12 yep. has announced their schedule. Yep. Seven games with a conference championship. So yep. six regular season games plus a conference championship. Is there any scenario where an Oregon... Wait, 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 wait. That seven games includes a conference... If, if I'm not mistaken, it includes okay. the conference championship. I'll have to double wow. check. Um, but even if it is seven with a conference championship, do they have a legitimate shot? at making it in the playoffs. There's an Oregon or a USC. Honestly, those are the only two teams I can even think of that would compete this year from the Pac-12. Do they have a shot at making it into the playoff? So to me, if you only play, and I'm looking like just using Stanford, for example, so they'll play one, two, three, four, five, six. So yeah, it's six plus a conference championship game. No. You and I said this back, I think, in episode two. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you don't play a minimum of eight games, you don't. You you should not get an opportunity. Eight games to me is the minimum because that's on average what you're judged by every year. To me, it's eight. So great, thank you guys for playing six regular season (laughs) games and and, you know whoever makes it to the title game. But no, for me, eight is the bare minimum. You don't get to play two fucking games and then come back and say, "Oh, I want to play the national title." It's just to me, it's and I know you can say it's just one game. But then you go, okay, well, why not six, right? It's just two games. Yeah. Like, it's just, it becomes way too, to me, the hard hard and fast deadline has to be eight. And if you're under that 
oh well. No, and I agree, but to play devil's advocate here, let's say Oregon comes out, they're putting up 50 points every game, they run the table, they blow everyone out, and you've got, I don't know, let's say everybody in let's see, SEC teams, your Alabama loses a game, you know, Clemson's the only undefeated, you got some two-loss SEC teams, a two-loss Big Ten team, does an undefeated Oregon who ran the table blowing people out make it? Nope. Enjoy the Rose Bowl. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm just, I look, I, I am always a context matters kind of guy, mm-hmm. but I also am a firm believer that when you set a rule, I don't care if you're a superstar or the bench guy rule is a rule is a rule, right? And for me, I've set the rule for me again. I, I can't speak for you. I can't speak for anybody else, but for me, the rule is eight games. And I'm not willing – you could have 30 first-round draft picks. This could be the best team of all time. And, no, it's not their fault they didn't get to play but seven games at that point. Not my problem, though. I, I, and I agree, but I do think that they will be considered. I don't think the committee is going to let you – know, if there was no shot of them making it, there wouldn't be a season. The, the whole reason they're bringing back a season is in the hopes to make it. I think the committee takes that in, into consideration when they're making these these, these picks – the whole thing is going to come down to is if the Pac-12 holds it together and has a team that's even going to be competing at that level. So I don't I don't think that I think that's what keeps them out. It's not if a team goes undefeated if they get left out or not. I don't believe a team in the Pac-12 is going to be good enough this year to even be in question. Well, I, I mean, and let's let's uh, you just said this, but let's let's make it clear. The only reason that they're playing this year is because they were hoping that everybody else would follow suit. And yeah. then when they didn't, they realized, oh, shit, we got to put together a schedule. And because you notice now that all of a sudden those Pac-12 player demands, nowhere to be found. Yeah, you can't, you're not seeing the, them anymore. The, there are no more emails. There's no more tweets. There's no more Facebook groups. Like, all of a sudden, all of those Pac-12 player demands are, they've literally disappeared into thin air. Yeah, no, you're right. And, you know, and that does play a factor into it as well. But like I said, I, I, don't, I don't believe that the Pac-12 is going to have a team that's on the level as the other conferences this year. No, I, I mean, I agree with you. Yeah. They don't. So, you know, Pac-12 is one thing. Big 12 is still in question. So there's a lot There's a lot of uncertainty going into these, you know, the yeah. heart of the season. Do you think, and we know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Okay. Is there a scenario where there are three SEC teams in the college football playoff? Sure. I, I absolutely think there's a scenario, right? I think that scenario looks like this. I think – um, you look at, you know, Alabama loses to somebody, you know, let's say they lose to Georgia, right? Cause mm-hmm. they got Georgia coming up yep. uh, in like a month, I think, mm-hmm. uh, maybe October 24th, somewhere around there, 17th, 24th. So let's say that, that Alabama loses to UGA, right? UGA, let's say they beat Florida, okay. right? So not Florida, but Florida runs the table after that. So Florida's mm-hmm. got one loss. Mm-hmm. UGA beats Alabama once. And then gets them again in the SEC championship game, and Alabama beats them. So now you've got three one-loss SEC teams: Georgia, Florida, Alabama, and they've all beaten each other. Yep. Right. And and you know Georgia's only loss they revenge, and and so now you know whatever. I, I think that's a scenario that plays into that for sure. Uh, I, I think you're probably more likely to see it because right now, if you look at the top ten, there's more ACC teams in the top ten than there is SEC mm-hmm. right now. So I think it comes down to, um, you know, what is Notre Dame going to do? How well, you know, if they face Clemson twice, how well do they perform both games? Uh, I, I think overall point is I think there's probably a better argument to be made that, that you'll see two ACC and two SEC. Um, though I don't think that happens either. No. But I do. But there is, yes, there's absolutely a pathway for three SEC teams. Yeah, SEC teams. It's, 
out of all the conferences, the SEC has the best chance of having it's three more teams. Clout right now. It does, and but you, you know, honestly, like you know, talking about the SEC, the ACC, Clemson obviously leaps and bounds above everybody else. I am mm, not I'll a believer. Disagree. We'll get to that. <laughs> I'm a I'm a firm believer that Miami is faking it till they make it. Okay. I don't think they maintain this level that they're at. King's a, a hell of a player, but I don't think he can carry him to beating Clemson, beating Notre Dame. And again, I don't believe in Notre Dame, so I think it's going to come down to Clemson representing the the ACC. Sure. And I don't. Again, it goes back. I don't think that they have the chance to represent two teams. I think if anybody, I mean, it's going to come down to probably two one and one. It's going to be one Big Ten, one ACC, and two SEC, in my opinion. It, and and it just might. Like I mean, we'll see what happens. I you know, I'm okay with that. That's fine. Like again, to me. I just want the four best teams. I just I don't care where they come from. Give me the four best. What? Even if they only, <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go there. If Clemson is no there, no no, I was say I was gonna say what if a Pac-12 team is one of the best four teams with with the with the schedule that I, they I have. want the best four teams with eight or more games. Eight or more. Okay, there's yeah. there's Again, the stipulation. That's, that's not that's not changing for me. <laughs> no, I get that. Oregon doesn't get to come out and beat Stanford by forty and play no other games and then make you know make college football playoff because they had the one best win all year. <laughs> No, I get that. And, you know, we, we were talking, you know, rankings are playing a huge factor right now for a lot of people. That's uh-huh. half the reason we're talking. You mentioned the ACC having a lot of teams in the top 10, but you're not sold on the rankings right now. Oh, God, they're such trash, dude. Like, come on. I, I just, when I look at, at these rankings and I see like this, not like, let's go through this, right? So Clemson, Alabama, UGA, Florida, Notre Dame, top five. Uh, Ian Book might be the most overrated quarterback in the country. Yep. And that says a lot because uh, Ellinger at Texas is severely overrated. Um, uh, what's his name in Oklahoma? Spencer Rattler is completely overrated. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually don't know that I have a huge problem with the top four at all. Uh, I, I think that I would change some things. I would probably put Alabama, Alabama, Florida, one and two. I would put Clemson at three, and I would put Georgia at four. Okay. And this uh, is – real quick, this is coming from a Clemson – like hardcore Clemson fan and alumni, so the bias is not here right now. I mean, I got a tiger tattoo on my damn forearm. There you go. Uh, when I, we say unbiased, we mean unbiased. Yeah. Uh, Miami, yeah, and I'm not doing it for reaction either, right? Like I'm not doing it so people go, "Oh, he's not biased." No, I, I check my damn Twitter. Like I feel this way. <laughs> um, I, I write many articles about this. Um, Ohio State, I just just they haven't played a fucking game yet. Like, mm-hmm. stop with this nonsense. I I agree. Miami's overrated. North Carolina's overrated. Penn State, we have no idea. Oklahoma State at ten is laughable. Like, Oregon isn't going to play for another month and a half. Yeah, like, they just jump into like, the top, seriously top fifteen. <laughs> uh, Auburn, Bo Nix is is among the worst, like most overrated quarterbacks in the country. But like, seriously, have you seen him? Like, my son's like, oh, it's Bo time, Dad. I'm like, why are we going to Bo Jangles? <laughs> like what? I I don't get it. Yeah, no, his play. I mean, he he had some terrible decision making. He's the worst Georgia. bow to ever play at Auburn. Yeah, it wasn't great. I mean, then you got Cincinnati at, at eleven. Yeah, Cincinnati at, at eleven. Tennessee at fourteen. Like BYU, uh, you can bring them young. You can bring them old. I don't care. They don't deserve to be in the top fifteen. Uh, like again, Wisconsin hasn't played SMU seriously. Like, come on, well, LSU at one and one. They beat a terrible freaking Vandy team. Well, I think what really says a lot about the rankings right now in the state of college football is that uh, Louisiana Laf- or sorry, the Raging Cajuns, Louisiana Lafayette, yep, you la are in the top twenty-five right now and have been since like week two. They have been. 
Yeah, it's just like the the whole ranking thing is just trash, right? I, I mean, when was the last time SMU was ranked? When was the last Bef- time before they were yeah. basically just exiled from college football? Like, has Louisiana ever been ranked? I I, I maybe when uh, isn't that where what's his name with the Steelers went? Um, uh, uh, Bradshaw. Didn't Terry Bradshaw go to, to ULL? You know what? He might have. I don't know. But I, I do remember they beat – or what? no, never mind. It was a different team. It was um, Louisiana oh, – the God, the Hawks. They beat Alabama a year – or like, God, like 10 years ago now. Um, it wasn't the Raging Cajuns. God damn. Who, who was the team? It's Louisiana. Sorry. Terry Bradshaw went to La Tech. Okay, La Tech. Okay. But you know, no. You know who his backup in college was? I have no clue. Uh, the father, the patriarch on Duck Dynasty. Are you serious? Yep. That was his backup quarterback at Law Tech. You know what? I do remember hearing about that when the show was popular. Yep. Interesting stuff. Yeah, man. A little uh, pop culture there for you there if you're you listening. That's what I'm here for. So, you know, it, like, that the, is all <laughs> the rankings are a joke. They're trash. But on top of them being a joke, do they even matter? No, they don't. No, it's just something for fat people like me to get pissed <laughs> off about, right? I just, again, I just, it's... Well, man, the committee comes out with their well. Have they even said when they're going to come out with their rankings this year? Uh, I believe they did release. I believe it's going to be that second week in November. Okay, so I mean, you have some weeks before it comes out, but every year, you know, if anything, you know, I understand the build up to them releasing their first rankings right halfway through the season, but let them have the rankings all season. Like, why not? Like, why are that? Why are we letting coaches and media members rank the top twenty-five when, in reality? it has no bearing on the rankings at the end of the season. No, None. right, right. You know, so if if you have, let's say that Cincinnati, they have ranked at 11 right now. Let's say they keep winning. The College Football Playoff Committee might have them at 17 yeah. or 20. You know, it, it literally, there it has no weight to what's going to happen in the season. I understand that we want it for where game day is going to go for the most part, you know, big matchups for, for each week. But in reality, it, it literally has no no weight on who wins what. So there you go. So uh, college football playoff committee announced this weekend that they were pushing them back till November 24th. Oh, that's to which, accommodate the Pac-12 probably. Yes, which is a – originally they had moved it uh, back to November 17th. Uh, now they're moving it back another week. And then their final selection show will be December 20th. December 20th. Yep. Okay. Yeah, whatever. Not – yeah, I just – I think they should be making the decisions from the get-go. Sure. Don't, you know, you build up the week, the week eight for the most part is when it happens. So you build up week eight selections, you know, selection Sunday type thing. But it's like week one, just let them, right. let them make the choices. Yep. I, don't, I don't need to know what USA Today guy thinks <laughs> is going to be the top 10 or, you know, if Coach Saban thinks they're number one. <laughs> like just Yeah, I, I don't need to know about the guy who hates college football, what he thinks about college football. I, I just, yeah. I'm so done with it. Exactly. I mean, every AP writer has written about how stupid it is that college football is playing, but then they go out and vote on this shit, even though they're not watching. And cover games. Yes. To make their paycheck. Allegedly. But it's not like, yeah, we're not going to get into that. Well, that's, that's a whole <laughs> another situation. So, Jeff, it, I think I think it's time. Okay. I think, I think it's time for uh, for your second rant. Oh, you really want me to go into I, this? I do, man. Okay. We need to change it All up right. a little bit. So, so Jeff's got a some beef with yeah. college football fans. Is so I'll set it up, and then I'm gonna let you just take it over. Yeah, I mean, it's just fans in general, right? Like, there's no there's no booklet that says this is how you are a fan. Right, and and we all know that that fan is short for fanatic. It's also short for asshole. Right, <laughs> it's just it's ridiculous, especially when you get on social media. Right, and, and and I'm on social media a lot, like a lot, 
and, and I have no problem telling you what I'm seeing. I have no problem being honest about me. I'm a Clemson guy. But their offensive line has been trash. These dudes have been getting pushed around by Virginia, by Citadel, by Wake Forest. And people are looking at the stats and going, well, we put up 500 yards of offense and 40 points. Congratulations. You know why you've done that? Because you've got the best quarterback running back tandem in college football history with Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne. The offensive line couldn't <laughs> they couldn't blow over a stack of cards. They're, and for people to come in my mentions, to come in my mentions and talk about my fandom because I'm not going to blow smoke up somebody's ass is absolutely ridiculous. You want you, you want to be one of those fans where your head's in the sand and you think everything is okay and you don't want to question your head coach because you may not get into the pearly gates? Then do you, right? Do you, boo. I promise I'm going to leave you alone. I might laugh at you. I may send a couple of texts to some, friend, to some friends and I, I may instant me- or I may direct message your, your tweet to somebody else and make fun of you, <laughs> but I'm going to let you do you. Don't come at me because I tell you that the Clemson offensive line is trash. Don't come at me because I tell you they don't look like the number one team in the country right now. They don't. But again, this is a team who allowed the Citadel defensive line, who was on average 70 pounds lighter than the Clemson offensive line, establish a line of scrimmage every damn play. Like, miss me with this bullshit. Right, so stop telling people how to be fans. Stop telling people how to to you know either root for their team or not root for their team. If somebody wants to be pissed off because their team's playing like shit, let them be pissed off. And I'll tell you what: when you come at me and you tell me I'm doing it wrong, that only pisses me off more. And then you, I put, then you're on my radar, and I come at you too. And I shouldn't have to do that, man. I shouldn't have to take blood pressure medication because people want to be stupid. Yeah, you're turning red. Oh, it's pissing. It just it it's. You're, like why why like why do you have to jump in there you're not going to change my mind you telling me well bro we're undefeated that's fine like we could come out and beat miami by 18 touchdowns this week it's not going to happen i mean it could right i mean miami is overrated but that doesn't change how shitty they played the first three weeks no like it doesn't you don't get to change something like that man it's just i just i hate i hate when people try to tell others how to be fans I like I love how at the end you just toned it down. I, yeah, just went from just, a ten to to a two. Yeah, just you know, just relax. <laughs> it's okay that somebody has a difference of opinion than you. Yeah, that doesn't seem to be the case anymore. Oh, if you have a different God. opinion, they're gonna slam you for it. I just you know, and then people like people left it a, a you know because obviously I, I write for for about Clemson and I write about the Falcons and and a guy left a comment this weekend on one of my writings mm-hmm. where I talked about how Clemson isn't playing like the number one team in the country. Well, you're just not giving enough credit to, to Virginia. I don't think you understand what, what Debo Sweeney's trying to do. And, you know, it's hard to play 100 guys and still beat people by. I'm not watching stats. Yeah. I'm watching games. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not watching the guy who's throwing the ball. I'm watching the fat guys who look like me up front. And I'm watching them get beat off the ball, sir. Like, you want to you wanna stroke somebody's tickle, go do it somewhere else. <laughs> but, like, stop telling me I'm dumb or stop telling me I'm not seeing what I'm seeing especially when I'm breaking it down for you piece by piece. Yeah. It's uh <sighs> It's fun, isn't it? I feel I feel better. You feel better? Was that I was do. that some some nice therapy for yeah, you? Yeah, it was. That's what we're going to This there isn't go. this isn't just for you. This is therapy for Jeff as well. <laughs> this is this is to let him get things off his chest and just, you know, just let yeah. it all go. Just there let it all go. go. Although, you know, it you know, I felt like I was 12 years old getting yelled at by my parents for doing something wrong. Just just you were really 
really letting us, letting letting us have it over yeah, there. Yeah, I you know I just I don't know, man. Like, I get it. Every like fans are passionate, and I think that's great. Oh, it is. It's it's great, but you can't let that passion spill over into just idiocy. And here's what I said in the offer stands: If you want to tell me how to be a fan. I'm going to go ahead and need you to write that check for my student loans, and you can make it out to Clemson University. There you go. Otherwise, shut the fuck up. <laughs> well, you, you also had another issue. This won't be a rant, but it's definitely going to be some some takes from you. Okay. You're not happy with – well, not happy. Happy is the wrong word. You have some thoughts on the on the Georgia quarterback situation. Yeah, but these are positive thoughts. Okay. These are positive thoughts, right? So, you know, we talked – you know, setting coming into this, this podcast, and, and I think we even talked about it back on episode one. We talked about how not playing college football, like you have the the Joe Burrow last year, right? Like mm-hmm. if they don't play college football last year, Joe Burrow is not the number one overall pick. No. He's a sixth or seventh round guy. That's if that. Right. And he's probably in Green Bay backing up Aaron Rodgers right mm-hmm. now, right? If we had not played college football this year, Georgia doesn't discover their fourth year senior quarterback and in, 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 uh, Stetson Bennett the fourth. Yep. And I think that that when you're when you're looking for great stories, I think that's an example of one of why college football is so important, because you don't know you you, you we wanted to push aside all of the hard work that these young men have been been putting in, whether it's been on campus or at home in their own gyms or wherever it's been. And if we didn't have college football this year, we wouldn't have, have been led to this point where you have a former walk on, right in Stetson Bennett the fourth. Uh, and I know I took a shot last hit at him last week when I joked about having a quarterback with white privilege. Like, I was kidding. <laughs> and if you know me, you know that. Yes. Um, but I think it's a great story. And if we didn't have college football this year, we wouldn't have this story. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't be talking about how this kid who three weeks ago was the four-string quarterback at UGA gets inserted into the lineup last week, week one against Arkansas, brings them back to win the game, does it in pretty good fashion, and then follows it up with, with I mean, he started a little slow against Auburn, yeah. but his final three quarters were fantastic. And we don't have that if we don't have college football. And that, to me, is what makes this the best damn sport on the planet. Yeah, I mean, if, if, we, if we don't have that, he's not playing football at all. Yeah. He's not even touching a football nope. this year. You know, so, and, even, and also, I mean, I feel like the postponement of the season worked out in his best interest as well. Because if, you know, if the transfer didn't declare for the draft. Yep, Jamie Newman. Jamie Newman, if he doesn't yep. transfer for the draft, then he doesn't get the chance to, to be a second-string quarterback yeah. to then come into the be the first-string. Because like, if this was a normal season, I don't even know if it makes the roster. Well, I, I mean, let's think about this. One, he was going to transfer last year. And they pulled him back out. He entered the transfer portal. They pulled him back out. Then they go out and they get Jamie Newman, right? And then they're not done. They go get JT Daniels, mm-hmm. who hadn't been cleared yet. So then Newman has to transfer. Daniels has to not be cleared. Dwan, you know, Dwayne Mathis or Dewan Mathis has to be absolutely terrible in his first mm-hmm. four series for this kid to even get a chance. Yep. But none of that matters if we don't have college football this year. Exactly. And, and I just that to me is is why a five foot ten, hundred and eighty pound quarterback could come in and be spectacular, right? Like going back, using Clemson, that's why a kid that we had for, and I know everybody joked, right? But that's why, you know, we had a kid in, um, and all of a sudden I've gone completely blank. Um, Holy shit. For Clemson? Yeah. Wide receiver with the Raiders now. With the Raiders now. Yeah, caught the the game-winning national title, or game-winning touchdown in the national title. Oh, Hunter Renfro. Yeah, Hunter. Good God. I don't know. Renfro. Yeah. Like without college football. 21-year-old. Yeah. 
without college football, you don't have Hunter Renfro. No. Right? Like, you don't have these amazing stories, and we see them all the time in college football. We don't get those amazing videos where the walk-on is awarded a scholarship in front of his teammates, and they mm-hmm. go absolutely nuts for him. Yep. Like, you don't get that in the NFL. You don't get that in the NBA. You don't get that in baseball. You don't get that in – you get that in college football, and that is what makes us the best damn sport on the planet. A 100% agree. And to kind of go back to UJ's quarterback stuff, Kirby Smart – has a history of sticking stupid being stupid for sure but sticking with the guy who comes in so you look at jake Fromm taking over for justin fields sticking with um i'm sorry jake Fromm coming in for jacob eason yep sticking with with from even over justin fields you know you've got jt daniels who's supposed to be this great transfer kid if he's cleared to play who does kirby go with how, if, but if you're Kirby and you look at the way that, that Stetson Bennett has played, mm-hmm. how do you go, nope, you're right, here you go. Agreed. But, you know, And this isn't – and see, here's why this is different for me than, than the Easton Fromm thing. Easton beat Fromm out. Yeah. Right? Like they had a competition, and then Easton got it stolen from him because of an injury. Right? And, and, and you know, at least for me at 40 growing up, injuries weren't supposed to be a reason you lost your job. No. Um, I understand why you stick with Fromm, even though I think it was a dumb decision. I understand why you stick with him over Fields. He's a guy that had been there. He didn't get hurt. Um, but now, for me, like this is a, a true test of, is Kirby going to stick with what he's done and ride the hot hand, or is he going to turn it over to the five-star kid when he's actually healthy? I know he's been cleared. That doesn't make you healthy. No. That means the doctor has finally taken enough shit from the, from the, the, the quarterback coach and the offensive coordinator and finally cleared the guy. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how this evolves and if Bennett can actually hold off JT Daniels. And that's going to be the question. You know, if he holds him off, fine, he earns it. But if he right. doesn't, but Kirby sticks with Bennett because that's who's been winning games, which is what Kirby tends to do. It's He goes, who's winning? But in the, in the past, it wasn't, you weren't winning because your quarterback play. You are winning because your running back play. But you, but you know what he also cannot do, though? You can't pull Bennett when he makes a mistake. No. You can't do that. No, he can't. Guy shouldn't have to be on eggshells. No, he should not. He he can't be looking over the over his shoulder every time he throws an interception because yep. he thinks he's getting pulled. Like yep. if you stick with him, you gotta go one or two games. You can't just take him out after a series that he's been terrible at. Agreed. So real quick, we're gonna finish up our episode five with our upsets. And last week we were close. We were I mean, close. I just put him on upset alert. I didn't tell you it was gonna happen. No, you did. I know. And what was the final score for for JSU? Thirty four twenty four. Not too bad. No, I should have stuck with my gut and gone Texas as my as my main pick because they did get upset. I said Missouri was going to beat uh, Tennessee. Did not happen. Tennessee's actually showing that they can play ball this year a little bit. We'll we'll see a little bit more when they play UGA this weekend. Yep. So speaking of this weekend, what games do you feel like have the chance of an upset? Uh, so I'm I'll start with the ACC. I'm going to go Virginia Tech over North Carolina. That's a good pick. Uh, right now UNC is favored by five and a half. So I'm going to go Virginia Tech. Um, yeah, BYU on upset alert over uh, uh, UTSA. Ooh, um, really? Yeah, I'm going to put Iowa State on upset alert. Okay. Um, as as they will take on Texas Tech. Um, I'm going to put Auburn on upset alert. They got Arkansas. Okay. Um, and then I don't I don't feel comfortable with this. I'm gonna put Alabama on <laughs> upset was, alert. Took them all. <laughs> no, I was gonna say uh, for sure. Um, I was going to do. I was gonna go BYU. I think BYU is actually a good team, and I, I know nothing about UTSA really. Um, 
But Virginia Tech over North Carolina. They got great uniforms. Who? University of Texas San Antonio. Do they? Yeah, they do. Okay, okay. Uh, I like the, I like the Virginia, Virginia Tech over North Carolina for sure. Um, I think Texas Tech again over Iowa State was was gonna be my big one this year this week. Arkansas over Auburn. That's interesting. That one is interesting. I mean, don't call it a comeback. No, and then I mean, Ole Miss. All I mean, Ole Miss Alabama games are always they are they're they're always pretty yes. good. I mean, you get some crazy. Remember that one play? I uh, was a uh, God. Who was the quarterback at the time? Um, was it Allen? I can't remember. He got hit, threw it up, got tipped. Quarterback or receiver caught it and ran for a touchdown to like mm. pull ahead of Alabama even more. So those games are always good. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's really not a lot of a lot of big games this week. I mean, they have upset worthy potential. You've got the South Carolina Vanderbilt game. Yeah, I mean, who cares? Citadel Army. Citadel Army. <laughs> Kentucky Mississippi State might be an interesting one because Kentucky put up a lot of points last week against Ole Miss and lost. Mississippi State crapped the bed after beating LSU, so that could be an interesting game for a seven, especially seven thirty kickoff. Uh, does think- Does Florida State have a chance beating Notre Dame? I mean, I guess there's always a chance, but yeah. I mean, they have just played. They've they, been terrible. They almost lost to Juke or. Uh, they so. are going to go with the freshman quarterback in Travis, though. Okay. They made that announcement today that that Florida State is going to change quarterbacks. I mean, I'm not a believer in Notre Dame. I have not been. I would like to say yes, but I I, I don't think they do. Convicts versus Catholics. <laughs> oh wait, that's Miami. It's Miami. So I mean. I mean, same thing. Yeah, it is what it is. No, <laughs> what do you? Okay, Jeff, I'm asking you this since since this is your team, and we both said Miami's overrated. But do you think Miami has any kind of shot of oh, keeping I do. that game close? I do. Uh, I mean, look, I'm not a big fan. I'm, I know everybody right now uh, is in love with. Uh, and by the way, Jordan Travis is not a freshman; he's a redshirt sophomore, so he's been there for a while. But FSU is going to roll him out. Um, he's a Louisville transfer. Okay. Uh, they will roll him out this week. But, uh, look, yes, Miami absolutely has a chance, right? If you're a betting man, take Miami in the points. Uh, I, okay. I, you know, somebody last week hit me up and I'm like, hey, man, uh, I bet Clemson to take the over. And I'm like, you're an idiot. <laughs> like, never bet on Clemson. They never cover anything. They just don't. And they didn't cover the over then either. Yeah. Um, or if – no, because I – oh, they may have covered because I think the over-under was 55. They didn't cover the spread against Citadel. No, I'm not even talking, I'm talking about this week versus Oh, Virginia. this past week. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Um, although I thought the spread versus Citadel was like 55. Well, the spread, yeah, so it was, they, they didn't cover. Right. So yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, going back to Miami, look, and at least the, the current, uh, the current weather shows that you could potentially have another hurricane come through like they did with Notre Dame back in 2015. Oh, perfect. Uh, so yeah, literally a hurricane come through as the hurricanes are coming in. Forget COVID. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> Um, which will be fine. I mean, my son and I are going to go. Okay. Um, so we're, I'm going to go by the ponchos tonight. Because uh, a quick story, when we went to the Notre Dame-Clemson game five years ago, it was pouring outside, uh, and we had to stop and buy ponchos. I don't carry ponchos. I don't know anybody that does. Uh, but we stopped at six different stores and couldn't find one. I finally went to a – the last Walmart I went to had a clear one and a green one. Didn't think anything about it. Grabbed both of them. Got there, and I was like, oh, shit, I can't wear the green. It's Notre Dame. I can't wear green. Right, yeah, it's not so very bright. So I, I gave my son the clear one, uh, and I stood there, and I got soaked with the four and a half inches of rain the stadium took in two and a half hours. Beautiful. Hey, I mean, it is what it is. Beautiful. But, yeah, Miami has a chance. I, I think Miami will cover the spread. I will take Miami plus the points of, if I was a betting person. Uh, I'm just I'm in love with, with what 
Clemson does from an offensive line standpoint. And I think that's going to matter. Okay. Now, I, I do like that you're being able to go to these games. Um, it's fun. It is. I was going to ask you, you know, you've gotten a lot. We've seen a lot of um, commenting on some of the games this past weekend uh-huh. for attendance. Yep. Coming from somebody who's been there. Yep. Does social distancing look like it's happening? or I think in most stadiums, yes. Um, and I know Georgia fans can like jump on Twitter and, and complain that you know the angle of the picture. No, dude. No, was there bad. was a lot of pro Georgia people there posting pictures, and it was clear from every angle mm-hmm. that there were parts of the stadium that were not being socially distanced. No. Uh, it, it, but I do love the, those that are trying to pander to the, they did everything right. Is they keep posting the one picture of the same corner of the end zone mm-hmm. as if that ta- as if that represented the other ninety percent of the stadium, yeah. and it just didn't. Yeah, and regardless of your views on anything covid related like just do your part you know if you're in the stands like you have the opportunity to go to these games yep. and be a part of this this season where a lot of people don't yeah you know even even if you don't believe that you're going to cause a spread of just like do your part just just follow the protocols you're there like just you don't have to be an asshole exactly, about everything exactly you don't. Just, like not everything is worth fighting over you're there you're celebrating you're watching football live yeah. like enjoy it because i will say you know we talked a few weeks ago about the artificial crowd noise and how you know it wasn't terrible after hearing fans at uga mm-hmm. in clemson like actual fans it's it's not even the same anymore like i listened to like artificial sound i'm like god this isn't even i don't even, I, I can tell now i can hear oh, it yeah. Because yeah, yeah. you you know the beginning of the season you hadn't heard fans in in months right. so you didn't know one way or the other right now that you hear like the reaction to plays and yep. the con like yeah dude I, I can't even watch a football game right now without just like noticing oh, that's fake <laughs> that's fake noise that's yeah. real noise it's just yeah yep it's it's I I think artificial noise is garbage I understand why you use it for a TV broadcast yes. but other than that like there's no Clemson plays it in the stadium and I hate that yeah I absolutely hate that like so, turn the shit off yeah well so last night um. The NBC crew, they did two series on Sunday Night Football without any noise. Right. It was eerie sounding. Yeah. It was really, I mean, it, I liked it to a, a point because you heard everything on the field. I mean, you sure. almost heard them like running on the ground. Um, it just, it felt like they were at a practice. Yeah. It was very odd. So like pumping that in over a broadcast, I get it. But hearing that actual crowd noise on a broadcast Saturday night was just, I miss, again, you know, we'll get there when we get there, but having... 80,000 people packed in the stadium. Just, I missed that. Yeah, you know, when they do it right on a broadcast, you can't tell. No. And, and they've, some people have done really good about the crowd noise, like, you know, celebrating when they need to. Like, some of them have done really well with it. Uh, I just, I just don't feel like if you have fans in the stands, you don't need to do it to the fans in the stands because we're there. Yeah. Agreed. So. Well, that's going to wrap up this episode. We actually, this is a long one. We did, we're about six minutes over what we well, normally go. Sorry. So, it's no, it's a lot to talk about. <laughs> We try to keep these things around 45 to an hour. So we've been doing about 42. This is okay. almost 47, 48. Right. So Perfect. Did good. Yeah. Appreciate you listening, guys, and stick with us. Like I said, a lot more coming in the coming weeks. We're going to keep growing this thing. And we're having fun doing it, Jeff, aren't we? We are. We are. Having a blast. That's so, what I'm supposed to say. <laughs> as he's sitting in this recliner I bought for him. Hey, I mean, this thing is fantastic. Dude, fantastic. $30. Yes. Someone might have died in it. I don't know, but they it was thirty dollars. Eh, whatever happens, <laughs> if I mean, if if, if I get uh, herpes from it, I don't know that my wife will, you know, believe that I got it from the chair. But we'll take our chances. Exactly. <laughs> so appreciate it, guys. Stick around for more content coming. We'll be tweeting every Saturday. We're, we're trying to get more better about tweeting as, in general from our account. So stick with us. Interact with us. Give us feedback. Let us know what you want to talk about. You can follow me 
on J Ransom TV. Jeff? J Ben Sports. And you can follow the podcast account on Hitting T Gap. And we're on every streaming platform you can think of from Apple Podcasts to Google to Spotify to all of them. So no, no excuse not to listen. Nope. And we'll see you next week.